vision and worship and, and it's fallen in line with the idea of the, the fast just starting off the year three weeks where we've committed ourselves to the Lord to hear from the voice of God on behalf of ourselves but also this house and together tonight is kind of culminating toward the end of the fast on Sunday we'll break fast together when we have um, um, some bread that morning and it's gonna be good bread pastor Amy says she's making it with extra honey be good. And, uh, but with that, we, we kind of wanted to use it as a, a means tonight to cast some vision and just kind of a, a almost like a, a state of the church kind of address, if you will, just where I see God calling us to move as we go forward as a church today, amen? And so I want to get started. I, I, I told you at the beginning of the year, I felt like the Lord said that, that, that he wanted us to go deeper, like that was his word over our house, that we're going to go deeper, deeper. This is fun. I'm enjoying preaching. I preach right to you. This is awesome. And so we're going to go deeper. And, and, and as, a, as a guy that's, you know, listened to sports and watched sports through my life, I never played football. But when I hear that term, go deep, you know, my mind thinks of going long. My mind thinks of going deep, going down that field. And when you think of that term of going deep in that light, it means that everything that you have, you're putting it into it. To, to get yourself down the field, to be positioned in such a way that you're down there and you can receive and score that touchdown. That, that's what going deep means in football. Now, as a Georgia fan, the last two games of our teams, going deep meant a whole other thing than celebration, right? So with the Falcons last year, with the Dogs just a few weeks ago, going deep meant defeat for us because the other team did it. But, but when it comes down to the term going deep, it really just means that going long, making your way down the field, putting everything you have into it. That, that sense of responsibility to go forward, to get down there, shake off the defense, whatever it is, and position yourself to receive what God has. And I just believe that as God's people, God wants us to go deep. I believe that the people of God right here in this house, that he wants us to be responsible to put everything that we have this year to go down the field and be ready. Everybody say, ready to receive. Ready to receive. You came in this house tonight ready to receive. I, I, I can just tell you were ready. You were on point to receive what God had for you this evening. And that's kind of exciting to me. It's exciting when you see that play, when you see those guys run down the field and catch it and go into the, you know, they do whatever. It's exciting. But, man, it's exciting to me when I see the people of God go deep. And when I see people of God receive <laughs> receive from God because see God doing a touch in these guys tonight I don't know what was going on over here but that was just awesome you know and see people going for it going after God and seeing just miraculous presence of the Lord manifest on people's lives man because we go deep and we can receive it's exciting it's exhilarating and so as a church a whole body I want us to position ourselves to receive this year 
And in Luke chapter 5, it gives a great picture of guys positioning themselves to receive. And it was the disciples of Christ. It was prior to them really walking after Jesus. And there's a boat. And they're out fishing on the lake of Gennesaret. Another name for that lake is Galilee. And they're out on Galilee. They're fishing. They fished all night. They caught nothing. And that's where we find the story. Jesus comes along after preaching. And he begins to speak to them. And when he had finished speaking to these people, he said to Simon... He said, put out into the deep. Say deep. deep. He goes, put out in. You fished all night, but you didn't receive. So go put out into the deep. I like that. Fishing all night, not receiving. But go, go where the fish are. Go put out into the deep with purposefulness. Go for it. So here's what it says. And Simon answered, Master, we told all night. We took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. You have spoken a challenge to us. You've spoken life to us. You've told us, go over here and fish. And you know what? We're going to go to the deep waters, and we're going to put down the nets just like, like you said. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish. This is what's exciting. Their nets were breaking. They, they were receiving so much that they couldn't contain it by themselves. This miracle that God wants to do in and through your lives this year, it's not about you. You're going to get caught up in it. You're going to get all the fish you need. You're going to get everything that God wants you to receive, but it's just not all only about you. Watch this. The nets are breaking. They signal to their partners in other boats to come and help them. There's people out there just waiting to see you go for God. There's people out there just waiting to see you go after what God has, positioning yourself in the deep waters to receive what God has for you. And when you start to receive, guess what? They're going to start to receive. They're going to catch it. They're going to get what God has for them as well. Their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help. And they came and filled both boats. That's awesome. They received their partners are receiving to the degree that they both start to sink. I don't know if I've ever been blessed by God so much where I'm going, God, I think I'm sinking under your blessing. I'm not sure. I've been in this presence that way. God, I don't think I can stand in your presence. Beautiful kind of sense of I just got to kneel. I just got to get low. I just got to fall before your face. But this was, this was supplied. This is all that God had for them. And the reason why was because they had positioned themselves to go deeper. I want us to put everything we have and position ourselves to receive all that God has in 2018. I told you 2017 was a year of acceleration, a lot of grace. God blew my mind with what he did in order for us to get in here. Y'all, do you realize for us to get in here a couple years ago, we started raising money and there was so much money left when it was said and done that we were able to, to not only fund ministry and save money for the future building of the next building and, and all those things, but we also got in this place a year or six months before we were supposed to get in this place financially. I mean, got our loan. I mean, like crazy grace, crazy accelerated grace. And I want to respond to that grace by going crazy deep, you know? Not just going, well, that's how it is. Just always going to expect that. No, no, God, I want to press in. And I want our house, our body, to be those that continue to position ourselves to receive what God has for us, to go deeper. And so there's three areas that we're going to go deeper this year. We're going to go deeper in the Word, deeper in the Spirit, and deeper in our commitments. Deeper in the Word, deeper in the Spirit, and deeper in our commitments. And so I'm just going to walk through these. Is that okay? Deeper in the Word. When I say deeper in the Word, I don't just mean a deeper understanding of the Word. 
We need that. We do. We need deeper truth, deeper wisdom, deeper. I get that, you know? Me saying every Greek word in the world isn't going to change your life, though. You know? My dad used to say that there's some folk get so deep they get stuck. I like that. And, um, and we'd hear young guys preaching and they're trying to get real deep and get real different in their fresh revelation. And my dad would just lean over and say, that boy getting stuck. You know? Yes, he is. So I'm not saying just that. Um, in James 1.22, it's a simple word. It says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Doing, everybody say this after me. Say, doing is deep. Doing is deep. Can you say it again? Doing is deep. It's not just learning. It's not just information. It's, it's the doing that's deep. And how many know it's the doing that's hard? Yeah, it is. But God's challenging us as a body. And, and that's why not everybody at Momentum Church is here tonight. Because not everybody at Momentum Church can handle this kind of a word. But you can. I'm telling you, you are those, that remnant that God has raised up in the house of Momentum Church that can receive a word like this. And you are those that as you receive and go out to the deep waters and let down your net, it'll change for everybody in this house. But will you take up that vision to go deep? Will you take up that vision to be that that doer? Often people talk about getting deep in the Word. Um, I, I have a different view of that. It's not the idea of going deep in the area of information. It's going deep in the area of trans. And that happens when you're not a hearer, but you're a doer of the word. Not just hearing and receiving more information. Actually, what this scripture just showed us, this person that hears and doesn't do, they're actually deceived. Did you see that? Did you catch that? It says, be doers of the word, not hearers, only deceiving yourself. So the person that goes, give me more information, more, 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 like a big tick on a, a dog, you know, getting big just not going nowhere unless the dog takes him there, right? But just, no, being a doer, being a doer, not just receiving information, but being a doer of the Word of God. And that's transformation. I don't want to be deceived. I want to live out the Word of God. And so I want to challenge us to both be hearers of the Word, but also doers. And this is a little strong, but I'm talking to the right people, right? Is that okay? Don't excuse yourself any longer saying that it's okay to know and not act. Does that make sense? I know what the word says, but that's not the message for the group that's in this room tonight. You know? That's not who you are any longer. Might have been who you were before you walked up in this house tonight, but that's not who you are leaving this place. I know what the word says, but I have this reason. I have that reason. No, I know what the word says, and I am challenged to the core, and I can't do it but by the Holy Spirit helping me. If the Holy Spirit helps me, I can do it. I'm not, I'm not saying you're going to do it all on your own, Joe. You know, No, it takes the Holy Spirit. But that purposefulness to say, God, I want to go deep. I'm going to be a doer, not just a hearer. Number one. Number two, don't say that you need deeper teachings if you're not willing to walk out even the simplest truth of Scripture. Come on. Right? I just need more. I, I, I recently had heard of someone. I'm just saying it. Is that wrong? No. It was Corey that said it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I heard someone, they were just saying, you know, I can't get fed there. But I haven't seen them walk out hardly any simple truths of the gospel in their life anyhow. Okay, so is the appetite wrong or is the feeding wrong, you know? That's harsh. I understand. But I know who I'm talking to tonight. This is a good group of people that's ready for this. Amen? Amen. 
So we can't walk this out on our own, though. We know it is, I can't. I can't walk this out on my own. I'm not saying I'm going to be this great doer of the word because I'm this great person. No, I need the Holy Spirit. I need to lean, on, lean in on the Holy Spirit to be able to move deeper in the things of God. And so with that, that's the second thing, deeper in the Spirit. I want to go deeper in the Spirit. Listen to what this verse says in Ephesians chapter 3. According to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with the power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. In other words, it's not just about knowledge and understanding. Watch this. That surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Some translations say the fullness of the Spirit. There's this fullness that we can expect and anticipate. And so I want to challenge you that this year the Holy Spirit wants to lead us deeper into the fullness of God so that our influence can be wider than ever before. I do believe God wants to send out those fish to the partners, you know, to the other boats. But if we go deeper, God will use us wider. But if we focus on wider and don't worry about going deeper, we'll have nothing to offer. Our boat will be light in the water, y'all. I don't want my boat light in the water. I want my boat about to sink with the fullness of God. And as I go deeper, I'll have something to offer, amen? So the Holy Spirit wants us to lead us deeper into the, Holy, the fullness of God so that our influence can be wider than ever before. And so what that looks like, casting vision, on Sunday morning, we need to be the people that show up ready to press in. Okay. And I can tell you, years ago, I can remember I had this one charismatic lady in the church, and she would come up to me and say, Pastor Ross, you're scared of the things of the Spirit. You know? And I'm like, girl, I was on my face before God at the altar yesterday. This was on a Sunday night, she told me. And I said, this, this morning, rather, on my face seeking God and inviting the whole congregation. If you want to seek God, come seek God. That's where I'm going to be right there. And I'm on my face for like 15, 20 minutes seeking God. I don't know if you remember this. This is the old building. And, and the next night, this lady's busting my chops. And I asked her, where were you? Well, where were you? And she's like, well, I didn't want to be the first one to come down. But then she's going to tell me how much power of the Holy Spirit she has. And I'm thinking to myself, you don't have enough power of the Holy Spirit to move in the house of God? How are you going to move in the power of the Holy Spirit outside the four walls of the church where it is scary? It ain't scary in here. This is easy. We're your family. You know, she didn't stay. <laughs> God bless her heart, you know. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you guys know your pastor. I'm not a manipulative pastor when it comes to the things of the Spirit. I just never have been. And so this is if you want to go after God and press into his presence, you know what God will do? He'll respond and he'll show up. He'll fill your boat. I'm just giving you permission, man, press in. And so that's part of the vision. Show up ready to press in. Show up ready to hear a word from the Lord. Come with expectant hearts. Pastor Brantley's idea tonight and Pastor Corey's idea tonight was to shut the hallway down. Normally we come in here and we're all chatterboxes, which I love. You know why? That tells me you like each other. Lots of churches, people don't like each other. You all like each other. Praise God. But we have noticed in these worship nights that it takes 15, 20 minutes to get our mind where it needs to go to hear from the Lord because we're all just kind of chat. So they had the idea to shut it down. So when we got up in here, we were ready. Now, I still want you to come in here on Sunday and fellowship. That's part of the faith, amen? But I just want you, when worship starts, just to have that sense, God, what are you saying to me? 
what are you speaking to me? And on the other side of that, are you speaking to something to me for somebody else? So ready to hear a word, but maybe ready to speak a word too. And along all that line, just as I said Sunday or two Sundays ago, there's just that sense of a heightened sense of the supernatural. Not, not weird, but just supernatural. Not weird, but God have your way. Amen? I believe the past few years we have experienced some of the most beautiful touches of the Holy Spirit. I think we've had some amazing experiences of the Lord, and I want to experience those touches of the Holy Spirit. I just, like I said, in my mind, I think we visited those touches at times. God, I want you to help us to develop a culture of the Spirit. Does that make sense? What does that look like? I don't exactly know. I promise you I will lead us faithfully. I promise you I will guard against weirdness. I promise you I will listen to the voice of God so that we can shepherd things well. Amen. But I don't want just touches of his spirit. I want, God, I want him to know. Lord, I want you to know that we want a culture of your spirit. That it's just a sense of who you are, that presence of God in this house. And I believe that comes from his people just desiring to go, to go deeper. I want us to be a people not content moving in our own power and abilities. I want us to be a people that are are dependent upon the leading of the Holy Spirit to allow Jesus to be seen in Christ's ministry, to be experienced, not because we can work up a good schedule, because we can, and not because we can work up some really good videos, because we can, and not because we can preach a pretty good sermon, because we can, but I'm talking about a move of God, touch of the Holy Spirit, amen? and not resting our own powers and abilities. I don't want the effectiveness of momentum to be because of the move of a man. I don't want the effectiveness of momentum to be because of the effectiveness of Pastor Corey or Pastor Brantley or Pastor Stephanie or Pastor Amy or Pastor Marvin, you know. Amazing people. All of our ministry team leaders, you're incredible. But I want us to lean into things of the Holy Spirit and in March, we're going to be doing a series called Power, Grace, and Truth, PGT, Power, Grace, and Truth. We're going to be teaching what it looks like to walk in a balanced life when it comes to the Holy Spirit and truth and grace. Cannot wait for March. Just put that on your calendar, all right? I want our fruit to stem from the move of the Holy Spirit, from walking in the fullness of God. Along those lines, a little bit of vision. We're going to be putting together an altar ministry team. What does that look like? As a church, I'll just let you guys know, we are not going to hold unchurched people hostage for two hours. We're just not going to be that church. We may have a night like this where we're going to keep you guys at least another hour and a half. No, we're going to honor our time, as we told you. But, but we're, we're a church that reaches unchurched people. And, and, and to have this long altar time, we have that. We want that. I'm not saying we don't want that. We do. But there's times where worship continues and people are being prayed for. What's that look like to create teams to where there's prayer happening? I love it when worship happens and we pray at the altar. I love it. But what about the person that came for prayer? I mean, that day they showed up going, I just need a touch from God. And then we don't choose to pray for people that day. You know, that breaks my heart. So I've been thinking, can we create an altar ministry team to where if a day like that happens, and it happens probably more than the other days. But again, I don't want just a touch. We want a culture of the Spirit. So if a day like that happens, is it possible that as Pastor Brantley says, hey, we love you guys. We'll see you all next week. You know, give you money. Visit Ross and Amy. And if you have a prayer need today, there's people at the altar that are ready to pray with you. And, and there's just always a team ready to pray with people at that altar when service is over. Amen? 
So just if we believe in the power of prayer and that we, I just, I just feel like God wants us to give that opportunity every week in some, some way, some fashion. So we're working toward that. If you feel like you have a call in the area of prayer and ministry like that, come talk to me and um, I'll be doing training with you, all right? And so that's an area. I just, all I'm saying is we need the fullness of God in our lives. And listen, by being open to his fullness, we will all be equipped in the church to reach all the world with all the resources Jesus promised. Rather than attempting to pursue all the tasks without all the power, he commanded all us to receive. A lot of all's there. But I want all he has. I want that fullness to come. I want my boat to ride low in the water. Amen? need the fullness of God. And here's what's neat about the fullness of God. When you begin to press into the Holy Spirit, do you know what has always happened when people press into the Holy Spirit? Uh, Historically, as people begin to push toward the things of the Holy Spirit, diversity always follows. It's the coolest thing ever. In Acts 2, you begin to see these proselytes of the Jewish faith that have come from all over the place. They come in and they begin to hear in their own languages the power of God. And that his goodness was declared. And now you have these Jewish Christians from all different walks of life, all different colors, all different backgrounds, and the church began to become diverse. The turn of the century, 1900s, there was a movement of God that really birthed the modern-day Pentecostal movement. It was called the Azusa Street Revival. Has anybody ever heard of the Azusa Street Revival? Good, good, good. So there's a, a blind African-American pastor named William Seymour who was touched by the power of God, moved out to L.A., to Bray Street and begin to have services there in this livery stable and the Holy Spirit would move in and just touch people and and he would get so worried that people would start to look at him he would actually preach from behind his little his little pulpit he would just tuck down and just preach and call people to the things of God and white people and Latino people and Asian people and black people this movement begins to happen that just was mind-blowing What's crazy is the movement happened and all these people start to get saved. Lives change, feel the Holy Spirit, miracles, signs, wonders, evangelism. And then next thing you know, they start to create networks that are all white and all black and all Asian and all Hispanic. Just being honest, that's what happened, you know? But we see when the Spirit moves, diversity follows. So that leads us to that third part, deeper in our commitments. And I'm going to give you several commitments that I want us to go deeper in as a, as a church. But I want to first just say, I do, I want us to go deeper in our commitment to diversity as a church. When I came to Woodstock, we put inside our mission statement, this is when Woodstock was 97% white, okay? And we put in our mission statement that we want to be a culturally relevant and diverse community of faith that lives to experience God, purposes to reach others, and desires to grow together as fully devoted followers of Christ. That's where we get God, purpose, and friends. That's the shorter version. And then we want to be together on this journey. And so we put that in there. Why? Because we believed that we would have a day like this, where we would have Joe here. Praise God, Joe. Boom. And I can remember when the first person of color showed up in our church, Evelyn Villalobos. Donde esta, hermano? Where are you? Oh, there she is. And she came in. Come on. <laughs> Girl, you had to be scared. One Bariqua mama showing up a bunch of, a bunch of white folk, you know. <laughs> Puerto Rican. I'm sorry. She comes in. 
And if you remember, I don't know if you guys remember this, she comes in in a wheelchair her first Sunday, needing a miracle from God. And we all begin to pray for her. A few weeks, month later, she's starting to come in in a walker. A little bit later, she's starting to come in on a, on a remember her four-post cane? You put that on my foot a few times. <laughs> Next thing you know, she's Evelyn as we know her, you know? Hallelujah. Amen. God began to bring other people, and, 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 and my, my heart just would, would, would leap with every single person that would come of color, you know. When Marie Jean-Louis from Haiti came, and Etienne came from Haiti, you know, they're half Asian backgrounds. And, and uh, when Marie Jean-Louis came, I love that, because Amy's like, that lady that married Jean Louise, I love that lady. It's like, remember that, Amy? Where are you? Mary Jean Louise. That was so cultural. We had to learn. It's Marie Jean-Louis, you know. It's beautiful. And, uh, but God brought Marie to us. And, and, and if I go through, I mean, I'm, I'll start missing people because we're growing. I love it, you know. Patty Velasquez Rickard, Rick Rickard, I love you. Girl up there on stage singing. Dell up there last week with her Latin whistle. Woo, woo, woo. I swear I think I heard Evelyn pull out a WEPA. It was awesome. You know? So all I'm saying is, that God has begun to do a neat work and, and literally in the last year we've seen our percentages of diversity here in our, our, our church double in the last year. Amen? Can you give God praise? Amen? And so with that, for years, God, I would love for you to send us somebody of color that could be in our team. You know? God sent And he came in, and, and within a year or so, God just appointed him on the board, which blew our minds, not because of any other reason than he had only been to the church about a year and a half or so. And, but you know what? We've been praying, God, do a work. And, and here this happens, you know. And, and can, I, can I jump back for a second? When it comes to the EAT, I can remember when we first had our first EAT, we had to appoint four people from day one because we didn't have a board. And I remember praying, Lord, let there be a woman. That's diversity. At least in the churches I came up in, boards were always made up of men. It was even in our bylaws of the old church I was a part of that it was men that could be on a board. And we didn't make that. And I was just thinking to myself as we were getting ready to have our first board, Lord, please, let there be a woman. Let there be a woman. And you know what God did through his divine favor? And it wasn't that we appointed. We have a nomination process. We have a system that we were honest with. And the highest nominated person was Christine Patton. Not only was she... A woman, but she excelled, you know. Um, I can remember thinking later how immature we felt as a church, you know. I'm just being honest. And God, we need some maturity, you know. And next thing you know, God brings us a retired missionary. And the only reason why Mike and Annie aren't here is because they're pastoring again. Two and a half, three years ago, they took a church in Rome. But this is still their house. They still claim us. They're still in this room counseling about once a week, people. I don't know if you realize that. And, and, and Mike... 70 plus, he's, I think 76 now, but 70 plus year old fella got brought and we were able to put on the board. We didn't put him on the board. He was elected to the board. I mean, it was one of those things through the process. Thank you, Lord. We needed that because we were a whole bunch of 30 and 40 somethings, mostly. We needed some maturity on the board. And then as, as, as that EAT continued and our hearts are like, God, we want to be diverse. The Lord allowed Pastor Marvin to be on the board until he became one of our staff pastors. And then we're going to have a lady roll off. We knew Christine was rolling off last year. 
God, we need somebody. And God brings Barbara, you know, on the board. And, 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 and here's what's so neat, you know, having that heart. We have been talking about this forever, and only God could have done this. I actually had two leadership people approach our leadership and say, we've got to change our process, Ross, because if we want to be diverse, we've got to change our process. And so when it comes to the EAT voting, we just need a point. We just, we know we need a person of color. Let's just point a person of color. And I said, and Pastor Brantley told the other person, these two different leaders that come approached us about it. Um, we just said, look, we can trust God. The process has never failed us. And so I just want to tell you, the process doesn't fail because there's favor on this house. Amen? Favor on this house. And Miss Eva, I'm just so thankful. God gave us not only an African-American woman, but a single woman? What? As a board member? Is that even possible in the house of God? Children, yes, it, it is possible. And so I said all that, and the reason why I said all that was because when I think about it, it wasn't affirmative action that gave us Christine Batten. It wasn't affirmative action that gave us Mike. It wasn't affirmative action that gave us um, um, Barbara. It wasn't affirmative action that gave us Pastor Marvin or, 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 or Miss Eva. It wasn't affirmative action that did that. But it wasn't a coincidence either. Can I tell you it wasn't affirmative action? But you know what it was? It was Holy Ghost action. I like that. That'll preach every day and Sunday. I'm telling you, Holy Spirit led that. Why? Because there's favor here. And God's just saying for us to go deeper in our commitment. So when it comes to the idea of diversity, thank God that he's taking us deeper. That kind of leads us to the next thing, a commitment to in-house evangelism. I alluded to that from the baptism of waters on Sunday. Man, I want us to be in-house evangelists. God is bringing people here and how we greet them. And what we do in their lives with kids ministry and worship arts and whatever it is, when they see people that look like them, whether you are a, a redneck or you've got a black neck, it don't matter. When somebody walks in and they see somebody that looks like them in a position, whether it's greeting the door or on the stage, guess what they're more likely to do? Stay. When the Guadalupe's came here, Nick and Diana, when they showed up, Man, this place is still pretty white. They weren't so sure they were coming. But they saw Pastor Marvin, and Pastor Marvin grabbed them by the collar and said, you're going to meet Pastor. No, it was almost like that, wasn't it? <laughs> and we got to hear Nick's wonderful story about what God's doing in his life. Isn't that cool? But that's not just diversity of color. It's diversity of lifestyle, too. Older, younger, rich and poor, you know. I love it. I love that there was a time, momentum, man, most of our cars weren't so great. I mean, there's some cars out there now. Some of that's because of how God's been blessing people. Some of that's who God's bringing to us now. I'm just saying, if we need to reach both sides, the impoverished and the wealthy, that's diversity. And so commitment to in-house evangelism, I want to challenge everybody in this room to find a place to serve because it makes the, all the difference in the world. And it's not about just filling a gap. It's filling a spot that looks like everyone else, that looks like somebody when they come through the door. And then finally here, a commitment to, to give. This is our, our last commitment. You know, I want to go deep in the Word. Okay, do you give? Don't tell me how much you want to do this and go deep without the simple things, the simple truths. So I'm going to challenge you to tithe, challenge you to be a part of the building project. And from a corporate stand or an individual standpoint, I'm challenging you to respond to this vision and challenging you to give. But also from an organizational standpoint, we're going to be challenged to give. Pastor Brantley and I have been talking to Dreamy. What's it look like to amp up our missions game? 
Last year we gave about 11% away from this house. Amen? That's awesome. I want to give more than that. All the boards go freaking out right now. <laughs> what can we do? How can we step out in faith to give more? Amen? Because the world needs a touch from God. What can it look like for Momentum Church to do that? So I'm not just challenging you personally to give. I'm saying as a church, as an organization, we need to sacrifice as an organization too. So we're figuring that, figuring that out. So many things for us to do. But when it comes down to it, God wants to fill us up first before he pours us out. So I'm going to close in prayer. And I want you to show up here on Sunday morning ready to be filled up. Amen? Amen. And ready to pour out. Jesus, thank you for my family. <laughs> oh, Lord, I love these people. What you've done in and through them is miraculous. And what you're going to do in and through them is just going to be mind-blowing, God. We just want to lean in. Go deep and trust you to make our boats ride low in the water. To overflowing for your glory, I pray, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.